It is a new month, and that means that it's a new theme. And our theme is minding your P's and Q's. Some of you have probably heard that from some of the grown-ups in your life all around you as you were a kid, right? Usually as a warning to be on your best behavior. But during this month, we are going to mind our P's and Q's in a different way. It is going to mean that we are looking at being mindful. We are mindful to practice prayer. And that is today, if you haven't caught the theme. Next week, we will pursue play. I introduced that idea last week. um, And we're going to look at that a lot more closely this month. We're also going to be mindful to quicken our divine potential. To power up our positive thinking. And finally to be mindful to possess a grateful presence, perfect for Thanksgiving also, which comes this month. And all of this is with the intent to step into a life of peace and joy and power. Now, I know this is turning out to be a tough time for some. And it's been a tough several years for many of us. So we're going to begin our time together each week this month, with a mindfulness exercise to help us turn and return to spiritual truth. So please sit comfortably and then turn within. Open your mind and heart to receive. In this moment, we focus our awareness on all the good in our lives. We acknowledge that perhaps our perspectives about some areas of our life have not been representative of the greater truth. And we make the choice to consciously shift those perspectives to reflect gratitude for all you experience. Because right now, in this perfect space, at this perfect time, On the material and financial level, you have clothes on your back. You have food in your belly. And if you're still hungry, you can go to the potluck after the service to feed that need. And you have a means by which you got here. So you really do have all that you need in this moment. On the physical level, even if something may not be working in your body as exactly as you would like. Be mindful of all that is. Become aware of your breathing. Inhale. Exhale. And with each breath in, send light and gratitude for all that is functioning well. With each exhale, you cleanse your body of all that may not be functioning in the way that you would like. In thanks. Out. Release. On an emotional level, you can turn to someone and look them in the eyes. 
or you can stay within and just feel the love that is in this room right now. It is so full. And if that brings up tears, it's okay. Because it's beautiful. On a spiritual level, we focus again on our breathing as we take in the presence and the power of divine energy. Let God be God in you in this present moment. And as we return from this relaxed space, we remain aware of the divine connectivity to every possible area of our being and life. And we are receptive to receiving more and more of our greatest possible good. So let it be. And so it is. Amen. When you are ready... Please open your eyes and return to your conscious state of receptivity. Everybody feeling good now? Yeah? Our joy meter full? I feel more grounded in the moment, and that's very cool because it takes a little while for me to hit my stride up here. But believe it or not, that is not everything that's happening today. There is more. There's more for us to learn and more for us to experience as we are being mindful to practice prayer. Now, prayer is, of course, a staple spiritual practice and a staple topic of ministers' sermons. In writing this bit, I found myself actually wondering how many books I've read and talks I've both heard and given about prayer through the many, many decades here, and I could not even begin to guess. That's a lifetime of this stuff. And I still constantly seek and welcome opportunities to go deeper and higher into our spiritual understanding and practices, which is why I chose to talk about prayer again here today. Because a life built on prayer is a life built on a strong foundation. And we all remember the importance of those foundational bricks that we talked about a few weeks ago, right? It is that foundation Jesus spoke of when he said in Matthew chapter 7, verses 23 and 24, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. And today I want us to establish that kind of foundation. In the Science of Mind textbook, Ernest Holmes tells us that there is no group of people who believes in prayer more than we do. He writes on page 152, prayer is essential, not for the salvation of the soul, for the soul is never lost, but to the conscious well-being of the soul that does not understand itself. There is a vitality in our communion with the infinite which is productive of the highest good. As fire warms the body, as food strengthens us, as sunshine raises our spirits, 
So there is a subtle transfusion of some invisible force in such communion, weaving itself into the very warp and woof of our own mentalities. That's a cool phrase. This conscious commingling of our thought with spirit is essential to the well-being of every part of us. Isn't that great? Weaving itself into the very warp and woof of our own mentalities. Take some time with that later today. It's a big sentence. I want to ask you a rhetorical question. Do you believe in prayer? Do you believe in the power of prayer? I want you to think about your answer in a personal way as you listen to this story. And this comes from a minister of a church in Northern California. Um, He just returned from a mission to bring much-needed medications and prayer to help people in Africa. And this is the story he told his congregation when he got back. He said, My mission was eventful from the moment I landed till the moment I left. The first day in in the city that the airport's in, I saw two men fighting, and one of them had been seriously injured. I treated him for his injuries and at the same time prayed with and for him. So that was my greeting on day one. I then traveled two days alone on foot to the village I was assigned to, And two weeks later, when my work was done, I retraced those steps back to the city. Upon arrival, I was approached by that young man I had treated that first day. He warned me to be more careful. He told me that he had known I carried money and medicines. He said, some friends and I followed you into the jungle knowing you would camp overnight. We planned to kill you and take your money and drugs. But just as we were about to move into your camp, we saw that you were surrounded by 26 armed guards. I laughed and said that I was certainly all alone out in that jungle campsite. The young man met my eyes directly and solemnly said, no, sir. I was not the only person to see the guards. My five friends also saw them, and we all counted them. It was because of those guards that we were afraid and left you alone. At this point in his talk, one of the men in the congregation jumped up to his feet and interrupted the sermon, urgently asking what was the exact day that this happened. The minister told him, and the man replied, On the night of your incident in Africa, it was morning here, and I was getting ready to play golf. I was about to putt when I felt the urge to pray for you. In fact, the urge was so strong, I called some of the others to meet with me here in the sanctuary to pray for you. Would all of those people who met with me on that day stand up? The congregants who had met together to pray that day all stood up. And the minister was not concerned with who they were. He was too busy counting all the people that he saw. There were 26. That is a true story. And I want you to know that I believe in the power of prayer, all kinds of prayer. I know that drawing from our science of mind teachings, we teach a specific type of prayer, which we'll get into in a minute, but 
I've got to reiterate that I really do believe in the power of all prayer. Our motto here is one spirit, many paths, right? And I believe that with everything in me. Prayer is powerful no matter how you do it, no matter what words you use or what religion or belief system you subscribe to. Your prayer is always, always as powerful as your beliefs. Think about that. It is as powerful as your beliefs, no more or less. And there have been enough scientific studies done now in the medical arena to really prove that prayer heals. Again, all forms of prayer, right? So, what are some forms of prayer? First, there is the prayer of petition. This is one that many of us have probably learned in our religious upbringing. It's asking something of an external God, perhaps even begging, could include some bargaining. And I can think of two prayers of petition that are very beautiful and both are really powerful to me. First, there's the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. I realize that there's no begging and bargaining in there, but it is a prayer of petition, petitioning an external God being to make something happen rather than inviting spirit to work through us as us. And this prayer has provided many, many, many people, those walking 12 steps and countless others, it's given them great solace as well as a sense of personal power, some for the very first time. And that's big, to give someone that personal strength. I heard another version recently, and I really loved it. It's God grant me the serenity to accept the person I cannot change, the courage to change the person I can, and the wisdom to know that person is me. Isn't that cool? I really dug that. The other prayer of petition I really adore is, of course, the prayer attributed to St. Francis of Assisi. And this is one I have spent many, many sleepless nights saying over and over and over because it's so beautiful. And it's, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned. And it is in dying to self that we are born to eternal life. And I have a story to tell you about a particular prayer of petition I had. So in my early 20s, when my oldest son was still just a baby, I don't even think he was walking yet, I used to manage rental properties. I was in charge of 
and a 142-unit apartment building, I believe, on Francisquito and Baldwin Park, and a 57-unit property in Bellflower. So on the night in question, Joey and I had spent the day with my folks, and my dad was driving us back home for the evening. I distinctly remember holding my son and placing my key ring on top of the car so I could buckle him in. The key ring that held all of the keys to both properties were on top of my dad's car. A little while later, the next thing that I can remember is a loud kafunk, and then we saw something fly. And in that moment, with a dawning sense of dread, (laughs) I realized that my keys had just flown, and we were hurtling down the 605 freeway. So, (laughs) bless his heart, my dad got off the freeway, went all the way back around, got on the 605, and stopped right about where it happened, and he pulled out his badge, because he was still on active duty. He was in Pasadena, if I'm correct. Um, So he had his badge, and he had his mag light, and he started looking for the keys in the dark. And I am on the side of the road, chanting in my head, mind you, this set of keys, wad of keys, I had this bright yellow, flexible Donald Duck keychain. You know, the the close-up picture. So in my head, I'm going, please let me find the yellow Donald Duck keychain. Please help me find the yellow Donald Duck keychain. And I'm chanting this in my head. I am desperately praying. Next thing I know, a police car pulls up. Guy gets out. Dad had his badge, thank goodness. Showed it, and we've got two more flashlights joining us in our search for keys. And I'm still chanting. And I found that yellow Donald Duck keychain, all by myself, nobody else. There were no keys attached to it, but I got what I prayed for. And I learned a lot that day. I learned that you get what you pray for and that the universe has a sense of humor. That is an active true story, and I'm not recommending the prayer of petition as a go-to regular prayer practice, specifically because it's limiting. You may just find the keychain, but it may just be the best we can do in a big overwhelming moment, right? And if that's the best we can do, even if we know that there are bigger, better ways, if that's the best we can do, do it. Absolutely do it. That brings us to prayer type two. This is the prayer of gratitude. I love the Yiddish saying, if we thanked God for the good things, there wouldn't be time to weep over the bad. Isn't that funny? Gotthold Lessing, a German writer in the 18th century, said, a single grateful thought toward heaven is the most perfect prayer. Doesn't that say it? And Ernest Holmes said, in everything give thanks. An attitude of gratitude is most salutary and bespeaks the realization that we are now in heaven. Many years ago, one of our members, um, who was passed several years ago, um, he taught me a very powerful practice, which I adopted as soon as I heard about it. 
In the memo part of every one of his checks, he'd write, thank you. And in his mind, it was, thank you, God. And as he wrote it, he offered a prayer of thanks for the service or product he received. Now, you might have heard this one, but I love it. There's a story of a great religious leader who heard of a holy man who prayed prayers of gratitude constantly. So this man lived on an island quite far away, but this religious leader decided he had to visit him. And when he arrived, he found a poor, simple fisherman. And true to what the religious leader had heard, that man was constantly saying prayers of gratitude. The leader, knowing of a more correct way to pray, decided to teach the man who listened patiently and then repeated the words the leader had taught him. Finally, the man humbly thanked the leader, and the leader boarded his boat to return home. And the religious leader was just thinking to himself what a fine service he had done this ignorant fellow When he turned toward the island with a look of astonishment, there, walking on the water, he saw the fisherman approaching the boat. When he got into hearing distance, the man shouted to the religious leader, Excuse me, sir. It seems I've forgotten some of the words. Could you instruct me again? The religious leader was dumbfounded, but he somehow found his voice to call back, Oh, no, no, no. Ah, forget what I taught you. You just go on praying the way you've been. He returned a changed man, don't you think? He may have reevaluated the correct way to pray. I love that phrase. Third type of prayer. We have the affirmative prayer. This is the type of prayer I, I referred to a moment ago. It is for achieving a consciousness of unity with God and its limitless life, substance, and intelligence. It is not something we do to God or a God being does to us, but rather a prayer from a gratitude-filled perspective which speaks to the interconnectivity of all that is and acknowledges only good makes no mention of any thoughts which allow for negativity. It is quite literally affirmative. It is very specific, very right now in this moment, and it initiates positive change. And of course, our last type of prayer is the spiritual mind treatment, which is, it is a form of affirmative prayer. And it's uh, practiced in religious science, and right here, in our awesome new thought space. And I know for a lot of people, when they first hear it, the name spiritual mind treatment conjures up something really mysterious and kind of big, right? Um, But there really isn't anything mysterious about it at all. In fact, Ernest Holmes tells us in the Science of Mind textbook that since we all must begin right where we are, most of us will be compelled to begin our healing work with a mechanical process. And so that's what spiritual mind treatment is. It's a straightforward, very powerful mechanical process, a way to pray through a five-step process. Notice that I said a way to pray. I learned something from the fisherman's story, you see. Now, my mission here this morning 
is not to teach you those five steps. Uh, we touched on those last week. If you missed them, the sermon's up on the website. Um, but my dad is doing a foundations class. Yes, we're studying a book in the bookstore, whole different thing. He's doing a foundations class. That is going to teach you what it is, how it works, and give you all the tools that you need to make changes in your life with it. If you just want to learn about the book, come and hang out with me. Um, So first, I want to get some vocabulary out of the way. From here on out, spiritual mind treatment or treatment, it means exactly the same thing as prayer. Okay, so when I say treat, insert pray. When I say do a treatment, saying a prayer. I know the terminology can be daunting if you come from a different faith background. So if you can realize that those terms are synonymous, that they always mean the same thing, you can get more out of the talk because you're not getting stuck in the words, okay? We often use spiritual mind treatment to treat for things or experiences. And there's nothing wrong with this. But there is a lot more than this. In fact, Ernest Holmes says, if we need a dollar, then we should pray for a dollar, but there is more. In fact, we pray many times to God to bring us what we need, and yet we are like the man standing neck deep in a clear, cold stream of fresh water, begging someone to give him a drink. Of course, he needs only bend his head and drink to his heart's content. We can also do a spiritual mind treatment for a closer relationship with God. The spiritual healer and teacher, Joel Goldsmith, wrote about prayer. You begin to see that God cannot give and God cannot withhold. You can shut yourself off from the grace of God, but through prayer you can be reunited with your source. Your prayer will not be seeking anything. Thing, it will be a knocking and an opening for more light, greater spiritual wisdom, greater discernment. Reverend Peggy Bassett, for um, anyone who doesn't know, has never heard that name, Peggy Bassett was an extremely influential religious science uh, minister. Um, she is a founder of the Ernest Holmes uh, School of Ministry, as well as the Religious Science Church of, I think, Huntington Beach. Anyway, she said, we tend to think that the purpose of prayer is to terminate sickness, but we forget that the purpose of sickness may be to initiate prayer or to deepen our relationship with the divine. If illness is in the service of our own growth, then what really is healing? I can just say that um, after the last couple of weeks where I have been contemplating the whys and how comes of the flu, that quote really put some tangles in the old brain noodle. I mean, it had me going. But to the point, The greatest purpose of prayer is to bring our conscious awareness into the presence of God. It is to help us look at life from an elevated viewpoint, to see our life as God would see it. If you haven't heard of Henri Nguyen, he was a Dutch priest, writer, and theologian. He has 
a great long list of books. Um, And he taught for many years at Yale Divinity School. And he once said, prayer is standing in the presence of God with the mind in the heart. That is, at the point of our being where there are no divisions or distinctions and where we are totally one. There, God's spirit dwells. And there, the great encounter takes place. There, the heart speaks to heart. Because there we stand before the face of the Lord, all-seeing within us. I know I'm throwing out quotes, but these are big. Khalil Gibran in The Prophet said what I think is one of my favorite lines from any book on earth. Um, And it is, what is prayer but the expansion of yourself into the living ether? Did that paint a picture in your mind? The expansion of yourself into the living ether. And I believe that that's the highest form of prayer. So let's take a moment right now to expand ourselves into the living ether through prayer. Not a prayer of petition, not just a prayer of gratitude, although that certainly will be present, right? It will be an affirmative prayer, in fact, a spiritual mind treatment, but not for any material thing, not for a change of condition, but rather to open to the presence and power of God. So turn within and make these words your own. Today... As we awaken to the possibilities which open before us, we realize that spirit has been on the move this whole time. The creative intelligence that is God has been making all things new as this day has been unfolding. Our bodies recreated in its image and, our, and likeness. Our hearts beating to its rhythm. Our minds renewed with its knowing. Not for one millisecond has spirit stopped being the source and activity that is all of life. And so we claim our divine inheritance this day. We say yes to the renewing power that is moving in as and by means of us right now. We say yes to greater love and deeper peace and higher knowing and fiercer spirituality and full vitality. We allow ourselves to be what spirit has in mind and to express that boundless possibility Every moment that we are on the move today, we take it into the world in gratitude with open minds, loving hearts, fat wallets, beautiful bodies, and joyful expression. In great gratitude, we accept our ultimate destiny now. Life is good, and so it reveals itself today. So let it be. And so it is. Thank you.